MA. Um, this is Jane. I don't know. I am a 25-year-old um, working at a boarding school, so that just takes over my life right now as living with the girls and teaching them and um, helping them through their problems. Um, when they have a problem at any time of the day, they come wake me up. So it's literally taking over my life and determining when I get to sleep and read for fun or cook. Um, I have lived in the Midwest my whole life. So that's how I've gotten a lot of my cultural things, like my cultural norms. But um, I really like learning about other cultures and challenging those cultural norms in that way. So I like it here, getting to meet new students and students from so many different cultures that make me question what I do and why I do it. I'm from Chicago area. Oh, okay. Oh, where? Barrington? Yeah! Oh, I don't like saying that because oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting out of Barrington and going to boarding school. The people are just not nice. They're like the fakest of all fake people. And they were so incredibly mean to me. And the people that would bully me so much, I would come back on breaks and they'd be like, Jane, oh my gosh, I've missed you so much. We have to catch up. And I was like, you were so incredibly mean to me. No. I felt like Wayland was a good place where you can just be yourself and you live with all these people. It's a small community, so you're very seen. And so if you're trying to be fake, people will see right through it. So it forces everyone to just be who they are. And then it forces everyone to just accept people for who they are. So I loved that aspect as a student and loved that coming back as a teacher, I would really get to know my students and see what drives them and what their passions are and all their little quirks and get to celebrate that with them rather than so many of the bigger communities where you can hide behind whatever you want to be and just go home and then be who you really are. Last year I taught fourth grade and so if they were being mean to each other in my class, I'd be like, cancel that reading lesson. Let's learn about being a human. <laughs> and like here, I can interact with them in the dorm or in sports or in the hallway. And I can be like, knock it off. You are being so incredibly mean right now. Or I have this one kid that every day in my class says something negative. And so I say, well, class is pausing until Jimmy says three positive things about that. And then the class is like, okay, Jimmy, what are you gonna say that's positive? So I like having that aspect of working with kids and being like, stop, change your attitude and become a better human and learn about different tolerances. And in my fourth grade class, we could have morning meeting. And if my Muslim students just celebrated Eid, then I would give them the morning meeting and say, tell us about Eid. Tell us about what you were celebrating and how you celebrated it. Any questions? And they would ask them questions about the clothes that they wore, the food that they eat, or the food they chose not to eat, or different things that they did. So then in fourth grade, they can learn about those differences and how that affects this person, rather than just questioning it and thinking, oh, well, 
they're wearing a hijab so they must be a terrorist. No, they're wearing a hijab for this religious reason and they buy them at this store in the US and get to see who they are and learn about those differences. I think that we just see these differences and need to justify those differences with some sort of fear tactic or make up our own assumptions of why that difference exists, but then also we tend to think that the way we differ is superior, so what makes their difference less than us? And if we just get to know them and ask them about those differences, we can learn to celebrate them alongside our differences or even challenge our decisions and think about, okay, that's their reason, what's mine? I think in America we tend to just have those differences but not have a reason for them and just that's what I'm comfortable with and that's what I'm familiar with so that's what I'm going to do and we need to start looking at those and thinking about why we do those and if that's what we need to do or if we could be a little uncomfortable and change and learn to do something different. When I went to Wayland my roommate was from Korea and so I was like forced into living with another culture and meshing our cultures and then I started seeking out people from different cultures and learning about how they communicate and how they interact with their family and how they had school before they came here and what that looked like um, but it was just hearing it from other people's perspective and so it didn't quite challenge how I did all those things like how I communicated or how I went to school because we were still in my culture that I was familiar with. And then when I was in college, I went on a few mission trips to Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Guatemala. And we went into schools there, and we went into churches there, and we worshipped with them, and we did service projects with the people there. And that really took the veil off because then I was forced into their culture and needing to try to assimilate to them and worship how they worship. Hey! The way that they worshiped was really cool. Their churches were all about dancing and singing more freely and talking back to the pastor and making it more of a conversation than just a lecture. And I think that makes more sense for the church model is to be more engaged and making it your own and worshiping with passion rather than just staying in your bubble and not getting in anyone else's space and really like worshiping without passion it seems like in a lot of our churches it's definitely part of our culture especially in the midwest i think it's don't let anyone notice you too much i mean i've been to the more conservative churches like the catholic churches and the lutheran churches and they're very much sing on key and sing quietly, not too loud, and keep your hands by your side. And then I've been to some that are like raise your hands and sing loud and have the rock band, but still no one really moves. So that was a cool thing that I'd like to bring back and challenge the United States churches to have more passion and show excitement. If this person really is your God, then you should worship with some passion like it's your god rather than worrying about the person next to you and what they think of how you're worshiping so it's like everyone's up singing but everyone just stands with their hands to their side and 
coming back from Costa Rica, I was like getting into it and just dancing, not too much, not crazy, but you know, waving my arms and people are like, oh boy. And this one person was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, okay, we'll tone it down a little bit. But when I have worship in my own space, in my own house, then I dance more and get into it more. I don't want to detract from someone else's worship time because it's a very personal time between you and God, so I don't want to be someone distracting them, but I also want to be worshiping in the way that I feel the Spirit. I've interviewed um, several Christians. They've all mentioned it when I ask, who are you? That's like one of the, not one of the first things that they say. That was something where I was like, man, why didn't I say that? And who am I? I think I was just so put on the spot, but I was like, that's like a huge part of who I am. So I was like, I don't know why I didn't say that, but it was immediately once we'd moved on, I was like, Jane, really? You didn't mention Christ and who you are? Like at all other times in my life when we have writing assignments, the first thing is like, daughter of Christ or like beloved or like that's a huge part of my identity. So I grew up going to church when it was convenient for my family. So most Sundays if we could go we would go to church and we'd walk in and run through the motions and then we'd go home and we would say a memorized prayer before dinner and that was my family's faith life. And when I was 10 my dad got in a motorcycle accident and so I was in the hospital just praying, God, save my dad, and he didn't. So my dad died, and for years I was so furious at God because he didn't answer my prayer. Why wouldn't he want to save my dad? So I was so mad and still said I was a Christian, but definitely didn't have my heart in it at all. And I got to college and didn't realize I still had that bitterness eight, nine years later, and went to um, church every once in a while just because I felt like I should, but still wasn't in it. And this one girl, every single Thursday night, asked me to go to Thursday night Bible study. And I was like, no, I have homework, I have class, a study session, I'm going out with friends. Every Thursday I had some excuse why I shouldn't go. And... I started dating this guy and he became my everything. I was obsessed with this guy and he was completely my idol if I've ever had one. And then the next year, so sophomore year, I decided I'd start going to Thursday night Bible study. So I started going to Thursday night Bible study and I was still dating this guy and so now I was with him 24-7 except for on Thursday nights and um, starting to break that idolship a little bit and one night there was um, this talk about forgiveness and I was like I don't need to forgive anyone I'm a pretty nice person I'm pretty forgiving non-judgmental and they said I challenge you to pray every night about who you need to forgive and so I did it, and I was like, eh, whatever, no one. And God was like, you need to forgive me. I was like, for what? And he was like, for your dad. 
And I was just in tears, like, oh my gosh, I'm still holding that bitterness against God because he didn't save my dad nine years ago. And so then it was a lot of reading my Bible, a lot of praying, a lot of asking God, how do I forgive? How do I get rid of that bitterness? Please, like, this is a big thing to just forgive and get over. And um, the more God... Real, like revealed to me how he'd been working through the death of my dad and the cool things he'd done since then, the more I was able to forgive. And um, the Bible talks a lot about God as our father figure. And um, so the more I was able to forgive, the more I was able to see God as that everlasting father figure that won't fail, that's perfect, more perfect than any earthly father could be. And so I was able to forgive God for not saving my dad and um, have that trust again because I would realized I had a sense of abandonment from my dad dying, not that he chose to die, but you're 10 and your dad's suddenly not there. So God stepping in then helped heal that because I knew that I would never be abandoned by my Heavenly Father and he would be constant and always there and I could always rely on him being there. And so that's the moment when I really found that relationship with God and really made my faith my own, and it became real to me. And then soon after, my boyfriend broke up with me, and now I was just in pieces again. I had the one thing that I made my identity was dating this guy gone. And it was almost the perfect time for that to happen because then I had just started that relationship with God, and so now my heart was completely broken and I didn't know who I was. And that's when Christ was able to come in and I could make my identity in him and the truth that the Bible said that I am and I'm beloved and daughter of God and um, made specifically for a purpose that only God knows and we're supposed to break all idols. And so that was broken for me and so now... I could really just worship the one God. Um, and then from there, my relationship was able to build, and I went on those mission trips and um, got baptized and really was able to make it my own and become a true Christian rather than the lukewarm Christian I grew up to be and make it part of my everyday. Thanks for listening. This has been Jane. The song behind me now is David Sheste's Easy Easy. We also heard Jimmy Pay's Mexico and Torero de Jesus's Ogum. Find them on freemusicarchive.org or follow the links on our website. I think I would use... Oh, now I have this whole thing of like, is that an adjective or is that a noun? And I'm using it as an adjective, but I think I'll just forget about grammar right now. <laughs> Also, support us on Patreon, like the super awesome Andrew did. He supported us and got a shout-out and a postcard. Check out what cool gifts you can get for being a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash identityconversations. Very caring. I like to hear about other people and learn about other people and um, really care about any little thing that they 
have to tell me. My friends would always tease me that I would care about what time they brush their teeth and I'd genuinely be interested in when they tell me things like that. Um, curious, um, non-judgmental, um, loyal, faithful, weird. <laughs> I think it's more weird in like the unique way where I just, I'm me and I'm okay with being me. And in a world that makes you not want to stick out and just blend in, that makes me seem weird. So I flaunt that. I'm weird and I'm proud of it. And I'm just gonna be me. And if you accept that, then great. If you don't, I have enough people that do accept it in my life.